Hey, have you ever felt constrained by not having enough dough to spend on your marketing? Well, fear not. Today's guest was in that exact boat. I stress was. He got to the point of spending a million bucks a year on just one marketing channel. Then something very cool happened. Well, I said, welcome to a small business marketing show where successful small business owners share their souls to take your marketing straight to the lead. Now, here's your host, Mr. Tim Reed. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Australia's number one marketing show. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. You so much more importantly, are a motivated business owner ready to crank out some great marketing, to build that baby of yours into the empire it deserves to be. That's exactly why this show exists. And we're lovingly brought to you by two wonderful companies, Net Registry, who are there to get your online marketing sorted. That's what they do. They've got some very cool new offers over at netregistry.com.au forward slash Timbo. And we're also brought to you by the good folk at 99designs, where you can get a design you love guaranteed in seven days, which is pretty cool. And they've also got an exclusive listener offer. Head over to 99designs.com forward slash, guess what, Timbo. That's right. Not guess what, Timbo. You know what I mean. Hey, uh, big show today. I chat with this fellow, right, who grew his business on a shoestring marketing budget, then to have it recently acquired by SurveyMonkey for a very pretty penny. And he shares exactly how he did that. Got to love that. I share some listener feedback and I've got some guest feedback. I got a video, a, a thank you video from a guest recently who was just been, who's been blown away by the response they've had after appearing on this show. Gee, I love that. Play that later in the show. And I've got a quote. Well, it's not so much a quote. I've got an analogy. It's a donut analogy. And it explains social media, that dark art we all call social media. Got to love a donut analogy. Hey, there is plenty of marketing, G-O-L-D, dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Join the Small Business Big Marketing community and have your marketing questions answered by other motivated business owners, including Timbo, over at crankmymarketing.com. So, how's your week been? Hope it's been a ripper. Hope you're making money. I hope you're saving money. And I hope your marketing is working exceptionally well. If you're listening to this show on a regular basis and implementing, then I'm guessing you are in that category. I've had an interesting week. I caught up with a mate whose business ain't going as well as it could. We had a very interesting chat. Went all around the place. One of the things I touched on with him, though, after treading on eggshells for five minutes, was his lack of professionalism. I told him he should up the way he dressed. Not that I'm any fashionista, let me tell you. But sometimes we've got to look at the way we present ourselves and maybe up the stakes there. I told him to get a voicemail. It's good to have a voicemail. He didn't have one. And I told him to get a personalised email. He had a Gmail. You know, at Gmail, it looks messy. looks messy when you run a business. Got to have a more personalised one that's about your business name. At your business. Dot com. 
or .au or wherever you're from. I um, I spoke at a conference in Perth on Friday. Thank you for everyone who came up and said g'day. Had a bit of a photo opportunity. I love the photo opportunity. Also did a little podcasting session after my keynote, which was really good. Spoke to about 50 or so who hung around to talk podcasting. Lots of great questions there. Hey, um, while I was in Perth, I went to this bar late one night. Yes. Very cool bar called Sneaky Tony's. And boy, oh boy, does Sneaky Tony operate uh, on the marketing strategy of scarcity. The place is hard to find. There's no signage. There's a door covered in graffiti that has just this little peep-through slit that they check you out before they let you in. You've got to find a password on Facebook to even get in there. Very cool. I'm trying to track down Sneaky Tony because I want to interview him. I want to find out his story. If you know him, let me know. And a great thing happened on the forum this week. Lukey, my new co-owner of the Small Business Big Marketing Forum, did a 20-minute video reviewing uh, one of the forum members, one of our forum members' websites and offered a whole lot of ways to increase their search engine rankings. That was done for free for a forum member. Hey, that's pretty cool, isn't it? And I know Lukey's planning to do a few more of them every now and then. So membership does have its privileges. If you're not a member, why not? Head over to crankmymarketing.com and we will see you inside and answer your most pressing marketing questions. Hope you had a great week and that the coming one is looking like a beauty. Now, it's about this time where I drop in a pre-recorded, yes, I know, shocking, isn't it? Net registry ad or a sponsor ad. But I've got this wonderful email from Stacey Morgan. Listener, Stacey Morgan, about 99 Designs. She says, hey, Timbo, long-time listener. I just rebranded my dance school in Port Macquarie. Port Macquarie Performing Arts, it's called. I use 99 Designs. Hey, you weren't wrong, Timbo, she says. I got a design that I loved. Lots of exclamation marks. I went on to independently contract a designer I found on 99 Designs through the projects button and I got another logo designed for another program I run called Twinkle Toes and Mini Men. I like the program name. I love that logo too, she says. I have listened to you talk about 99 designs for a number of years now and have always wanted to try them. I wished I'd done it earlier, she says. It was an awesome experience all round and great value for money. Look, it is. I know I bang on about them, but I have good reason. If you want something designed, head over to 99designs.com forward slash Timbo, get your $99 upgrade and a design you'll love. Stacey did. Support for this show comes from NetRegistry, a one-stop shop for getting your online marketing sorted. Verity Ma, their chief marketing officer, recently told me this story of a very happy mechanic. So one of my favourite stories of customers that I heard was a salesperson was talking to a mechanic and he was talking about what sort of email he would like to have and what kind of hosting, whether he wants cloud or cPanel hosting. And the mechanic just said, look, I don't care, build my website, here's my phone number, make my phone ring and send me the bill. And that was the last we heard of him. He didn't provide us content. He didn't provide us any details about his business. We had his contact details. We wrote all the content and we just got his phone ringing and sent him the bell. Net Registry, where happy mechanics go to grow their business online. 
visit netregistry.com.au or give them a buzz on 1300 638 734. And tell them Timbo sent you. Get on Timbo's mailing list over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Righto, let's get stuck in to today's guest because we've got a lot of marketing gold still to cover. Now, this fireside chat is with a fellow, Aidan Merzay, who co-founded an online survey company called Fluidware that was recently scooped up by SurveyMonkey. Got to be happy with that. SurveyMonkey being the 90-pound gorilla of online survey companies. Now, this isn't an interview about online surveys. Phew, he says, wiping his brow. No, this is all about how to effectively market a business when you're on a shoestring budget, when you got no dough. In Aiden's first few years, money was real tight. He was a startup. But through some smart marketing, he actually got to the point of spending a million dollars a year on online ads. Nice, huh? So in this little chat I have with him, he shares a very sneaky use of Twitter. He's got a lunch and learn strategy that did him well in the early days. I shares a launch strategy his wife used in her lingerie business. Yes, we digress down that path of lingerie. But when it appears, you got to take it. And then we come back to Aiden and we talk about some more shoestring marketing strategies. Got to love it. I started off by asking Aiden, what is his superpower? That's a good question. My superpower is to be unrealistically optimistic. Uh, a glass half full kind of guy. Yeah, really full. <laughs> How's that working for you? It turns out I'm wrong a lot of times, but when I'm right, it pays off. Right, right. So how's it play out? Give me an example of how that plays out in your in your business life. Well, in my business life, I mean, um, just going back when um, you know I had a really great um, job, uh, paying really well back in 2008 and everything was on the up and up. And I just decided to, uh, leave and, and start a company. And everyone told me that I was crazy. Actually, my, my dad didn't talk to me for three months, uh, when it first happened wow. because he thought it was such a bad idea. But again, just being unrealistically optimistic. Um, and, you know, about uh, eight years later, we built this company, uh, grew it to over 70 people in staff, uh, upwards of 10 million in sales, and we, we sold it to SurveyMonkey. And at what point did you look back at all those people, including your old man, and go, <laughs> told you so? <laughs> yeah, so I, th- I think, you know, um, probably three, three to four years in, it's interesting with any small business, um, and it's not just, you know, fluid where, you know, I, I have an uncle that runs a pizza shop, uh, my wife runs a boutique uh, lingerie store, and, you know, with all these oh, cases, it, yeah, I mean, it, 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 was, it was really fun, um, actually, um, she had a crazy launch party, which, which I'll talk about in a bit, <laughs> which I think is a, is a very good way to basically uh, earn a lot of publicity and do some um, you know, cheap marketing. But I think um, in general, it takes about three years um, for you to get to that break-even point. Um, it takes five years for you to be making uh, decent money. Um, and then it takes about, you know, seven years for you to be, you know, really profitable. Um, I, I, so I, I want to talk about how you got to be, you know, extremely profitable and end up selling to SurveyMonkey. But tell me that time when you did leave a, a well-paying corporate job, y- your dad stopped talking to you for three months, clearly a man who holds a grudge. Um, what was that like? <laughs> 
Um, did, you, did you question yourself, or is your is your overflowing optimism does that does that kill everything? Um, no, I mean you do end up questioning yourself, right? So I mean, it basically starts out from you know you have how many months of um, I guess leeway, like how much money do you have in the bank account, and how much is that going to last you? And so it's pretty optimistic when you first start, but then as one you know month one passes by. And then you look at the bank account and you say, uh-oh, we're down to, let's say, five five more months only. And are we any closer to earning any revenue? Um, and so every month that passes by with, with no, no revenue, um, it starts to get more stressful. And at times you do question. Uh, but it gets to a point where you start thinking that, you know what? Right now, I basically have no choice but to succeed because, you know, if I don't, everybody else will be right. And that'll be something I'll have to deal with for the rest of eternity. And so it's one of those things they say, if you want to take the island, you have to burn the boats. And, you know, I certainly burned the boats. And did you, I love that saying, uh, did you really burn the boats? Did you really not look back and go, we're here, guys. We're not going anywhere. Look forward. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, that's what it was. Uh, you know, I knew one way or another I, I would find a way to succeed. You know, how, how big the success would be, I mean, that, you know, that I you know, couldn't have predicted. Uh, but I knew I, I, I would just do whatever it took. And, you know, I would stick at it for as long as I could. You know, I had to do a lot of things along the way to extend the runway. Um, you know, I had to do, you know, side contracts here and there. So um, lingerie. Yeah, well, no, that that came later. So it, it, it's funny. So my wife actually had a um, government job that was well, it wasn't wife at that time, but girlfriend at that time. And um, while she was, she had this steady job. I was doing this risky stuff, and then you know, once you know, my thing took off. She she had the opportunity to do the more risky thing. Uh huh. Okay, so uh, you, you got to share, you got to both experience what it's like to take a risk. Um, behind every great man is a great woman, they say. Absolutely, yeah. You'll have to make that speech one day. So, so Aidan, let's talk about this. You, you, you found you co-founded Fluidware in 2008, grew it to 70 people, $10 million in sales before selling to SurveyMonkey in August 2014. Just remind me how much? So there, there is a public number. Uh, Give us the private number. Yeah, I you know ask me in another uh, you know let's let's call it two years right, uh, and then I'll be able to tell you. So you got to tell us what was the public number? Uh, yeah, so the public number uh, was stated as over twenty million. Nice. Now let's talk marketing, Aiden. Um, sure. What what role did marketing play in making all that happen? So marketing, like, I mean, basically marketing was what made it all happen in, in a lot of ways because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we, we spent all this time building um, the software product, but really getting the word out. Um, I mean, it, it was to, to a large extent a marketing play. I mean, when you, when you have a product that's low priced, um, so our original product was fluid surveys and, you know, it was priced at $19 a month starting. Mm -hmm. And at that price point, you can't really have a sales force that's going to go out and sell person to person, right? So this is all, you have to rely on marketing and in particular inbound marketing to do a lot of the work. Okay. So where did you start? I'm, I'm going to guess with a startup like yours, you've got either zero or very modest marketing budget. Uh, what was your <laughs> first marketing play? 
Yeah, so we basically had, I mean, zero marketing budget, mostly because we were bootstrapped startup. We never raised any external financing. Um, so for us, it was, uh, it all had to be uh, bootstrapped. Uh, there was a couple of things that we did, and, and a couple of which I, I think were pretty innovative. Um, so at the time, you know, funny enough, obviously, you know, we had fluid surveys, and, and to a large extent, uh, SurveyMonkey was a competitor. And so we, um, you know, one of the things that we started doing was we started monitoring social media. Twitter was, for example, starting to, to gain ground. And, you know, the interesting thing that we found was Twitter had also a great search. And so you could actually, you know, search for SurveyMonkey. And inevitably, um, you know, there are people on the Internet um, that you can find. And, uh, you know, we, we basically got to find a lot of uh, customers that, that were using their product. And uh, <laughs> maybe we're looking for additional features, for example, that... Right, you know, so I, I'm going to guess what you're doing here. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm using SurveyMonkey. And I've just tweeted out, just created the best survey on SurveyMonkey. And you've that's come up on your timeline, and you've responded to me going, uh, "Here's a twenty percent discount coupon for Fluid Surveys." You got it. That's what we did. And so, um, <laughs> how very cheeky. You know, so here's the thing. You know, will this exact same thing work today? Um, probably not for you know survey software as much, but it's certainly for you know local searches. So, for example. Um, if people are, um, you know, using, the, you know, if you're from Ottawa, um, like I am, and, and if you're searching for um, things with the hashtag of Ottawa or for the location of Ottawa and, you know, searching about a particular topic, you know, that might be a way for you to find people who are talking in real time about something that you're selling. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was certainly one way. And, and this is, you know, one of the methods that we use to basically sort of sprinkle our influence. And the nice thing was um, chances are people who are on Twitter and, uh, and all these so- social media platforms um, chances are that they're already, you know, more influential. They have followers. Mm. And so if they end up using your product, it's very likely that they'll tweet about it and you can basically reach out to their audience as well. So that's a roll the sleeves up strategy. And just to explain it, because I know some of my listeners aren't that Twitter savvy. Uh, Twitter still eludes them. In fact, it still eludes me trying to find a, a bricks and mortar business owner that's nailing Twitter. But uh, what, what you've done uh, is quite simply you have created a search, an ongoing search, so that any time, for example, someone mentions at SurveyMonkey, it pops up uh, in your in your timeline and you, you respond to that. What did you have? Someone sitting there sort of monitoring it or is it something you went into once a day? How'd that play um, out? Yeah, so I mean, that's a good question. You have to, so this was, you know, when we were very small and, and just getting off the ground. And so it, it was just me. I mean, I had um, at that time... I had TweetDeck, uh, which mm. is a software program that you can install on your computer. Um, and I, you know, you know, just like you check your email, I would, you know, occasionally look at that. And by the way, it wasn't only, you know, SurveyMonkey. I was, I was also searching for, you know, other competitors in the field, but also people for looking for survey software. So, because believe it or not, people actually do post things like, hey, I'm looking to buy 
blah, any yeah. recommendations. And they're not looking for vendors to reply. They're looking for their friends to reply. But you can obviously be opportunistic about that and, and reply at the same time. Was there a particular style of reply, remembering we've only got 140 characters here, um, that worked better? Because, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk's kind of jab, 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 right hook theory, coming in with a right hook, which is buy from me, doesn't necessarily work up front. What, what did a typical response, what was the typical response, here's a 20% discount or was it something softer? Um, so you want to be funny, uh, usually. You want to be funny and unique uh, because you are intruding in someone's conversation, right? So a lot of times, um, you know, they're basically, you know, they might be asking, for example, I want to buy, I, I don't know, let, let's say, what is the best place to go skiing, as an right. example, right? Ski let's say you have a ski resort. Um, so I would reply with something like, for example, if you're looking for something absolutely amazing, absolutely ridiculously amazing, that would probably be us with a smiley face at yeah, the end right. or, or, or something along um, those lines. You, you, you want to be comical. You want to take, you don't want things to be taken too seriously because at the end of the day, you are kind of like stepping into an external conversation and, and, and you want to be conscious of that. I think that's a really, really important social media insight is that it, social media is people having conversations online. If you enter that conversation as a business, you should enter it as a person from a business and be conversational. To the to the point, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm getting detailed here, but, you know, this is a lovely marketing strategy you're explaining. Was your Twitter profile a photo of you or a, fl- a fluid survey logo? Um, so it, it, it was a fluid surveys oh. logo. Um, is that a no-no? Um, so it's not necessarily a no-no for a software company, you know, like us. Because um, you're all geeks. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like, we really wanted the the Fluid Surveys brand name to be that, and and have a personality associated with it, and so on and so forth. Mm. I mean, you you can also do it the other way, obviously, where you reply as a person. But the only thing is, then you probably would want to disclose that you work for the company um, in some way, because you know people will look you up, and um, it's it's probably a good idea to say that up. Cool. Front. Okay, so let's move on, Aiden. You have you, you've realized uh, Twitter is a great yeah. platform to start. You still got modest marketing budget. What was your next step? In yeah, the so marketing? I mean um, I think the the next step in particular um, I mean, there's two two other things that I that, that I do want to talk about. Um, and and is, feel free to bring lingerie into the discussion at any time. Yeah. Absolutely. So um you know, talking about, uh, you know, specifically on, on the lingerie store, you know, one of the things that um, uh, my wife, Amanda, did, and um, uh, and for those in the audience who are curious, her, her website's amandamay.ca, but uh, essentially, uh, when she was launching, she had a uh, big launch party. Um, and that was really interesting because at the launch party, one of the things that she did was she reached out to the mayor of Ottawa and said, you know, hey, we're doing this launch party and we'd love for you to, uh, you know, come in and basically cut the ribbon. And then, you know, as soon as, and, and, you know, fortunately enough, the mayor agreed that it would be worthwhile to go to this lingerie launch party, mm. <laughs> which was interesting. Um, th- th- and, th- did um, she know him? Huh? No, not at all. I mean, this was basically a random contact. Wow. And, um, you know, obviously we talked about the, the launch party of, you know, how it was going to be really big and there was going to be live models um, at the <laughs> As at opposed the to dead party. ones. 
Right, exactly. Um, you know, wearing the lingerie, and yeah. uh, you know, the other strategy around that was obviously, you know, models, you know, can cost quite a bit to to have at an event. So um, what she did was she compensated them in long, free lingerie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was another sort of bootstrapping strategy. Um, but then once she got that, and you know, the mayor was coming, all of a sudden you can reach out to all of the local media sources. Um, yeah, right. And basically get them to show up at the event. You know, you tell them about uh, that the the mayor was there, and and basically, you know, th- we had live models and and things like that. And all of a sudden, basically, at least from a local perspective, reaching out to this local media, uh, they can report on this, and, um, and 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 that's basically your audience. So it's a really great way for getting a lot of people to know about you in in one shot. Now, Aiden, one of the strategies that you mentioned in researching what you did were these lunch and learn sessions. Were they successful for you and what are they? Yeah, so lunch and learns, um, you know, for us uh, were very successful and it just goes around the idea of this whole event marketing thing. I mean, similar to the lingerie store that did the launch party, um, there are other events that you can do depending on the type of business that you have. But for us, we wanted to basically reach people who were in the survey industry. And so we kind of knew what kind of job titles um, these people would have. And essentially what we did is we used a lot of um, sort of public directories um, where uh, you could find out, you know, who works at a given organization, and you could find out their titles. And we tried to find um, all the people who had the job title that we were looking for. And then once you know the name of the person, and you know, once you know the company that they're working at, it's not hard for you to guess their email address. Mm-hmm. And so what we ended up doing was, um, you know, spending a lot of time. And you know, this was early days, so it did require a lot of work. Uh, putting together these large email lists, almost basically doing this one by one and, and crafting these email lists and essentially inviting them to a free uh, lunch and learn session where we would provide lunch and at the same time we would showcase our software. And so people could come in, have a free lunch and learn about this great new tool that we've launched. And that worked out really well. We did it on a very low budget we found a place in a co-working space um, that would rent us a room that would fit, you know, twelve or so people for fifty dollars an hour, and we would order sandwiches from Subway. So the whole whole event would cost us, you know, two hundred two hundred fifty dollars. But um, on the other end of it, um, you know, one sale uh, could have been in the many thousands of dollars. So how was that? Because I thought you were selling a a $19 monthly service. uh, That's correct. So uh, when we work with with organizations, um, if they were larger organizations. Tailored solution. Yeah, we we would basically send them an enterprise. Enterprise solution. Yeah, right. What what are the getting bumps on seats at anything? A lunch and learn, or an after uh, after work drinks, whatever it is. It's never easy. What was the enticement to get people there? Besides the subs. Yeah. So, um, so, so this was this was pretty targeted. So this was again um, people who we knew needed surveys. And, and obviously, we, we had a product at that time that really uh, sort of met some um, unmet needs for these people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there was a lot of curiosity with it, but we also made sure to organize the Lunch and Learn in, in a location uh, downtown where it would be very easy for a lot of people to um, go to that one location. So it would be 
you know, 15 minutes for uh, for people to get to that location. And um, so that, I mean, that's something that worked, uh, you know, really well for us. And we ended up doing probably in the first three years, maybe 20 to 25 of these. So it was something that worked well enough that we kept doing it. Now, I am going to move, well, tell me if I'm going to miss anything, any major marketing play, but I want to get to the point later on in Fluidware's life where you're spending a million dollars a year just on online ads. Yeah. Um, there's one more thing that I'll mention that, that I thought was uh, was pretty cool that, that we used to do. And that was specifically around, I mean, it just goes back to content marketing. So what we would end up doing is, you know, we had a blog that, that we would obviously update all the time. And we would make sure that, um, you know, the blog articles we, we wrote, we would do research on what keywords to use uh, before we actually wrote the blog post. So this is particularly useful. And, you know, it can be quite an art and science when, when you're doing it for something more generic, like online survey software. Um, but one of the advantages that you have when you're a local and small business, so again, taking the example of the lingerie store, uh, if you search for something like lingerie Ottawa, all of a sudden, um, so Amanda's store, for example, pops up as uh, number one. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's really interesting how you can um, do a lot better in SEO if you start to use local terms and in particular your city name um, as part of the content of, of your website. And so, you, you know, no matter, even if you're a brick and mortar business, it's really funny, but I would say that probably uh, 60% of the people who find out about Amanda's store uh, find out about it online with, with these sort of local search terms. Again, very, very powerful method. Um, let's, and, just, just dig, uh, let's just dig deep there because uh, I'm glad you mentioned it. I, I, blocking's one of those things. When I, when I talk about it, sometimes I feel like I'm talking about a very old-fashioned marketing technique. But, you know, blogs were around when the when the internet was invented. Blogs were one of the first things we saw, yeah? So mm-hmm. they've been around a long time. But I, I still think there's a large amount of businesses, big and small, that aren't blogging to their detriment because blogging is at most the easiest way to keep your website fresh and up to date. It's the easiest way to share helpful content, opinions, to make your customer's life easier, uh, more informed. Yet many, many don't do it. What I would say is that, you you know, first of all, you're absolutely right about keeping your website up to date. You know, the worst thing that can happen is when someone comes to your site and it looks like the website, you know, hasn't been updated in three years. Um, It doesn't look fresh. It doesn't give people the idea that you're still in business even. Um, so, so that's an important thing. But the other part of it is that people actually search for um, your product and then they search for it on a uh, local basis. So by updating your uh, blog often and talking about topics um, um, that are related to whatever product or service that you're offering, it shows expertise, but people actually um, end up searching for those exact things, and when they come upon your site and they know that it's something local, they can they can they basically end up actually even coming to your store and and mm. purchasing things uh, in the store. So, well, particularly um, if someone's doing a search that is geographically tagged, like with a suburb, they're kind of like closer to buying. They're not just necessarily researching. So, what does a blog post then read like or look like? 
about a lingerie store in Ottawa? Do you just simply, do you start the first paragraph as a lingerie store in Ottawa? We find that many women, blah, blah, blah. Or what, how, how do you create such a targeted post? Yeah, so I, I think, um, so, so it's a couple of things. So first of all, on your website, um, you want to have, you know, your contact us section with, with a proper address. On the website itself, this is, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I would recommend doing. So for example, for the, for the lingerie store, the title of the entire website is Ottawa's Premier Boutique Lingerie Store, right? Mm-hmm. So automatically... Auto is the first word in the title of the entire website. So by creating more blog posts, you know, the advantage is the more content that you have on your website and the more content that there is about lingerie, automatically Google is going to say, you know, this website seems to have a lot of, um, you know, content about lingerie and they're ta- they're tagging themselves as being from Ottawa. So when someone searches for something very specific, it, it doesn't have to be just lingerie Ottawa. It can be something like bra fitting Ottawa, for example, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it takes all those signals and it can identify that this is the website that we should show first. Yeah, so. Like- yeah, and the other thing too, we need to be mindful of anyone listening thinking, oh, but I could never rank well on Google because everyone else is doing this. Google updated their algorithm a few months ago with an update called Pigeon, which favours local businesses. Google want to deliver relevant local results if you are searching locally. So I think it puts us in, in a really good position. Uh, Aiden, I, I just want to move on, mate, to spending a million bucks a year on online ads. Um, that obviously didn't happen overnight, but you must have cracked the uh, the code in order to figure out that, hey, if we spend a dollar on online advertising, we get two back. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's the key formula. Um, what, we, what we call it is, you know, cost of customer acquisition. So once you have to figure out what that is, but um, secondly, you have to make sure that your ALV or average lifetime value uh, is higher than your cost of acquisition. Um, now, the interesting thing about most businesses is that it's not necessarily even about the first purchase that the person makes. So someone could, for example, I mean, you know, from our perspective, someone would come in and, and purchase a survey license and then um, they might use it for three months and then cancel. And then, you know, this time next year, they might come back and then resubscribe. So it's one of those things that your business has to have a little bit of history um, so that you can know what you can expect for the average lifetime value of a customer to be. And it really depends on on how you want to evaluate it. So if it takes, um, so let's say that if your average lifetime value is $200 because, you know, a person will spend roughly, you know, $100 a year and you can expect them to be a customer for two years, you know, that's $200. Um, so that means that you can spend anything less than $200 um, so that you can acquire a customer. So once you figure out that formula, uh, you can start acquiring more customers at that same cost of user acquisition. Uh, but the tricky thing is it's not a infinite you know, formula. So there aren't an infinite number of customers that you can purchase at, let's say, $100. Um, so that there is a limit to this, and and so every time you know you figure out a new tactic, you can get another pool of customers. But it, it's something that you have to evaluate um, all the time. Now you're running all these ads. You are starting to build a serious business. Tell us about the day the phone call came 
from your mate's over at SurveyMonkey with the big checkbook open. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't quite like that per oh, se. Um, don't, don't let the truth get was, in the way of a good uh, story. Yeah, so I think um, you know it's um, it's one of those things that obviously we we've been uh, coming across each other in a lot of ways through the course of time. I think the other really important thing that we did was uh, we decided to focus on the enterprise space. So we realized that you know SurveyMonkey was the dominant player in the do-it-yourself market. Um, so in the nineteen dollars a month or you know twenty-nine dollars a month, and you know what we just realized at some point that we just can't beat them in that. And so what we decided to do was we started to focus primarily on enterprise customers. And so our products started to morph and we started building features that enterprise customers would want. And our marketing started to focus more on those sorts of customers. And, um, you know, we, we started to become basically one of the major players in the enterprise market. And at some point, uh, you know, when, when we, uh, came in contact with SurveyMonkey, uh, we realized that we really were to a large extent um, addressing uh, different segments of the market, and it just made sense for us to become one company so we could address uh, the full spectrum. You know, it wasn't an overnight thing. Um, you know, we were aware of each other for a very long time, and, you know, at some point it just made sense for us to team up. Yeah, love it. Love it. Well, it must have been an exciting time nonetheless. And I look forward to having you back, Aidan. Uh, on what particular date can you release the number? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, um, you know, I'll let you know as soon as I can. Well, it's inspiring stuff, buddy. You know, when someone builds a company from scratch, gets a tap on the shoulder from a much larger brand with the checkbook out, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's wonderful uh, and clearly hard-earned. So, uh Aidan, thanks for sharing some great marketing strategies and all the best for the future. Yeah, very glad to do this and thanks for having me. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did bringing it to you. You can hit Aidan up on Twitter, by the way, at A-Y-D-I-N. Tell him you heard him on the show. And if you want to check out his wife's lingerie, I mean, wife's lingerie business, you with me? You still with me? AmandaMay.ca is her website. Now, I want to share my top three tips because we've got lots more to cover. Yeah, I've got that that guest who's just over the moon about appearing on the show and I've got a, a social media analogy involving donuts. So stick with us. But my top three learnings from a fireside chat with Aidan, thanks to the very good folk at NetRegistry, get your online marketing sorted, and 99designs, design your love, guaranteed. Learning number one... I liked his use of Twitter. Identify those peeps who use keywords in their tweets and hit them up. Nicely hit them up with offers to come across and use your services or buy your product. Very clever. It's a bit of a kind of roll the sleeves up strategy, but that's okay. We're talking about when we've got no dough to spend on our marketing. Number two, love his launch party idea. Invite someone of note, maybe not the mayor. It's not the most exciting person going around. Still, someone of note in your community and then use that in your media release. I think the real models thing would have helped, you know, the fact that they had real lingerie models. But that's just me being a bloke, I suppose. Number three, blog. Why aren't you blogging? Are you blogging? I hope so. Not going to go into it again. 
I've mentioned it a few times on this show. If you're not blogging, start. Don't listen to me. Take Aiden's word for it. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that interview. I'm in, I'm loving the listener comments that you guys are leaving in the show notes. I'm responding to them all. I'm getting my guests to respond to them all. It's good. It's how it should be. So go to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com, look for episode 258 and leave me your thoughts. Righto, so as I said, I've not got so much as a marketing quote for you this episode, but it's an analogy. It's an analogy that uses donuts to explain the differences, stick with me here, between social media channels, all right? We'll start with Facebook. Facebook would be like, please like my donuts. Twitter, I'm making hashtag donuts. (laughs) Pinterest, here's a donut recipe. (laughs) Instagram, here's a vintage photo of my donuts. LinkedIn, my skills include donut making. YouTube, (laughs) here's my dog eating my donut. Another YouTube one could be how to eat donuts. Spotify, listen to my favourite donut-making songs of all times. WordPress or blogging, my top 10 donut flavours. I would add salt and caramel to the top of that, by the way. And Google+, poor old Google+. Share donuts with Google employees is how we use Google+. So, yeah, well, it's kind of nearly kind of coming to an end, isn't it? Hey, I hope you enjoy uh, the idea. I hope that helps you get your... Get your head around how to look at each of the social media thanks to that wonderful food group we lovingly know as Donuts. Okay, so um, as I said, I got a video, a thank you video from a past guest last week. The past guest was David Warren from Sydney Tall Ships and he's got the Rock and the Boat outsourcing tours over there in the Philippines and he has been absolutely wonderfully surprised by the amount of you listeners that have reached out to him to either go on one of his tours, his three-day tours starting in Manila, and or utilising the outsourcing services that he's providing from VAs to the designers to... Oh, bookkeepers, you name it. It is exciting times. He's he's wrapped. So he sent me this video, which I've ripped the audio from. Take a listen. Good afternoon, Timbo. It's David Warren speaking. I think I'm sending through a video message here. Public holiday here today. Um, I've been had back-to-back meetings all morning, um, one after the other. Your listeners, all of them, all of them want to come on the tour. Business owners with up to 70 people through to diabetes, diabetes professionals. It's been a most extraordinary week um, for a long, long time. We went from three chats a week ago through to about 95 chats now so far, or just online chats. Appointments, invoices, people excited. We're making a big difference here. I wanted to say thank you for that. I've got um, a quieter afternoon. I'm going to start doing some of my own work. If you come in this afternoon, perhaps you could just um, send me an email or send me a Skype and um, we'll get back in contact. love to um, just say thank you for such an enormous change of direction for this world. The model's looking really well. 
Thank you, David, for those very, very kind words. Listeners, if you want to find out more about what David's up to, listen to episode 254 and 255 or hit him up on rockingtheboattours.com. Plenty of marketing gold coming up in the weeks and months ahead. Be sure to use NetRegistry to get all your online marketing sorted. New packages over at netregistry.com.au forward slash Timbo and 99designs.com forward slash Timbo to get a design you'll love guaranteed with a nice little bonus thrown in for you as well. Hey, uh, if you are serious about taking your marketing to the next level, join my inner circle over at crankmymarketing.com. Until next week, I'm Timbo Reed. Always have been, always will be. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now.